You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On today's episode, we do week four of looking at spiritual gifts, and these gifts are the gifts of knowledge. I don't know about you, Ben, but I am getting a little toasty uh, in this room. Yeah, we have the first real heat of the year, and this room is a new room, new walls, no circulation, no air conditioning. So we're we're going through a little bit of suffering right now, but that's okay. That creates perseverance. Yeah. So we'll dive uh, into these gifts, and today we're doing four of them, so it could be a little bit longer, it could be a little bit shorter, we just don't know, we'll just see where God takes it. So Ben, how about you tell us about the gift of teaching? Yeah, so the gift of teaching. Teaching is, is an important gift, and they're all important, but teaching is important in the way that it grows the kingdom. So when you're looking at teaching, it is the ability to read the word and it's really having a love for the word Mm -hmm. being able to consume it to understand it and then to regurgitate it to other believers in a way that is practical and simple that was a big thing that i kept on seeing when i was looking up stuff about teaching it needs to be practically taught and it needs to be simply taught that Mm -hmm. way people can understand the word and they can also apply it to their everyday lives yeah so we're going to be talking about the gifts of knowledge and wisdom next, and then discernment last. And what I'll keep coming back to is that teaching and discernment are both based in knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. So if teaching, if you don't have a, a gift of knowledge or, or a gift of wisdom, because it could be both or it could be either, then you might not really have the pure gift of teaching. That's not, that is not to say that you couldn't be a great Sunday school teacher, yeah. but when it comes to those deeper, more more meaningful not to take away from sunday school (laughs) those more meaningful concepts of the bible you might not be the best at conveying those to others Mm -hmm. when i was looking at this gift you know all i could really come back to is like you said you know this gift that that god gives it's really going to instill in them a love for his word um it's going to they're going to long for it they're going to want to study it they're going to want to feed off of it but most of all they're going to want others to also experience that they're going to want others to feed off of it daily, and they're going to want people to truly understand it. That's why you see a lot of times, you know, people with this gift, they're going to take a lot of time um, on their lessons. They're going to take a lot of time studying, prepping, just so that they can make sure that the people that they teach are going to be able to understand it, but also enjoy it. They want to also instill that deep love for God's word because they know how uh, important it is. They know how important knowledge and wisdom are in their ever, in everyday life. And they get the opportunity to teach God's knowledge, God's wisdom and discernment and all these other gifts and the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. They really have this huge responsibility to God. And I know that you know we talked about it before we, we recorded, but you know, we'll be in James a little bit. But James 3.1 uh, says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And this is what James is telling to the, the believers here because he knows that if you don't teach it correctly, if you teach something that would go <laughs> completely against the word of God, you could probably expect discipline on you. Mm. Um, you could probably expect... Uh, guilt, all those things that you don't want coming from you teaching irresponsibly. 
Um, and that could come in a variety of ways. Maybe you didn't prep long enough. Maybe you didn't study the word long enough. Maybe you decided that I'm going to put my own agenda on it. Um, all those things would be very bad for you to do in the gift of teaching. Yeah. And if you were, if, if you even thought of doing those things, you might not have the gift of teaching altogether. This is why it's probably important for you to ask God, hey, should I teach the Sunday school? Should I teach, um, you know, a men's group, a woman's group, you know, whatever it may be. It's not something just to jump into. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. And like what you were saying with James, if, if you think you have the gift of teaching, go and read James. And if you are wrestling with some of the concepts that are being taught there, mm-hmm. you probably don't have the gift of teaching. And that's okay. Some of the things that James talks about, it talks about teaching, talks about wisdom. I'm, when we get to wisdom, I'll come back to James mm-hmm. just for a moment. It also talks about controlling the tongue. And that's a great thing when it comes to teaching we should have brought your wife on here because i think your wife does a very good job <laughs> at controlling a, her tongue and she's yeah. a teacher and she is a uh, a teacher by profession <clears throat> yeah if, if you can't gently correct someone if you can't control your tongue then you might have an issue teaching mm-hmm. again that's not to say that you can't do it it's not to say you can't get better at it but to be a spiritual teacher, you need to be reassuring. You need to be slow to anger. Mm-hmm. You, your attitude and what you are teaching need to be based in the word and not in your own emotion. Yeah. And just that last piece with James, he talks about controlling the tongue. Don't underestimate the damage that you can do to someone else's faith if you teach them the wrong thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll say... I'll, a lot of uh, you listeners might have heard this uh, analogy before, but um, it's like a toothpaste tube. And if you squirt all the toothpaste out and then you ask somebody to put it back in, obviously that's impossible. It's the same thing with your words, same thing with the things that you say to people. Once you say them, you can apologize for them and you can try to, to you know, kind of reconcile with whoever you did. It. And, and it, you know, hopefully it works. You know, hopefully you come back together. Um, but it can never be unsaid at that point. And this is why James does talk so much about taming your tongue um, and those types of things because it is very important, especially with the gifts of teaching. But like we said, it, you know, it's a huge responsibility, but it's also hugely important for the body of believers. Yeah. So I think it's a good time to go ahead and move on to knowledge. Mm-hmm. Phil, what would you say about the gift of knowledge? So, you know, the gift of knowledge and like you said, a lot of this time, you know, the gift of teaching, you're probably going to either have one of these two, the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom, or maybe you have both. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're really old and you just have wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wisdom <laughs> but, comes with age no matter what. <laughs> but it is important to know that with the gift of knowledge, it's not necessarily an age thing. Um, you don't have to be in your 50s to have this gift of knowledge. You might have more knowledge at the gift of 50. But I think the gift of knowledge itself is this idea of wanting to absorb the Word of God. You're going to want to understand it. You're going to want to memorize it. Um, you're going to want to inform the church or w- an individual believer about what the Word of God says. And maybe it's the harder stuff. Maybe it's some of the stuff that, you know, you got to dig a little deeper. And maybe it's the book of Revelations that has some big things in it. Um, The person with the gift of knowledge is going to want to understand that book. 
They're going to want to understand every single book of the Bible. And not just how each of them are, but how it comes in as a whole. And I think that's important to, to know. But, you know, that, that person's probably going to be well-versed in Scripture. Um, they're probably going to have Scripture memorized. They're probably going to be able to point you to where you need to go in the Bible for whatever you might be going through in your life. You know, they're going to be able to connect you to every situation or circumstance that comes up and they're going to probably be able to centerize that around the truth of the gospel mm, yeah um i think that's important you know they're going to be able to kind of show that truth of the gospel and have it be able to inform your everyday decision in your walk with christ you know you see if you want to look for knowledge in the bible a lot of places talk about knowledge um, they talk about wisdom too. A lot of times, maybe you'll you'll find verses that talk about both of them in the same uh, verse. You're lucky if they're going hand in hand. That's what you want, honestly. I yeah. believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here, you know, you know, Paul's talking to the Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter two, verse fourteen. It says, "But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession, uh, and uses us to spread the aroma." Of knowledge of him everywhere that aroma of knowledge uh, to the believers to unbelievers to anyone who they meet they are spreading that aroma of knowledge I think that's a honestly a beautiful picture of knowledge um, like this sweet sweet smell um, going around um, and it's kind of infectious and those things as well you know I like also he says he who always leads us as captives in Christ. I think because of who Paul is, I think that speaks even more. We know, you know, he was a captive, but how big of a testimony was it to be able to spread the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the Roman officials, to uh, the people in the jail cell with him, to all the people that were around him? He was able to spread that gift of knowledge. Um, and I think the person with that gets this gift from the Holy Spirit thanks those things. Hmm. wants to spread the aroma of knowledge to everyone believer non-believer family member friend it doesn't matter and that that was a big thing for me too i think the gift of knowledge is is very spirit driven Mm -hmm. you you can read the scripture and you can memorize the scripture but if you don't have a faith in christ in which you are receiving the holy spirit then you can't have true understanding of what you're reading and without true understanding you won't be able to pass those concepts on Mm -hmm. something that uh, a story in the bible that really stood out to me and i don't know if it applies a lot but it's what i kept on coming back to when it came to knowledge was in second kings chapter 22 where uh hilkiah finds he's like a priest Mm mm-hmm and this is very out of context i apologize (laughs) but he finds a book of the law and i think that looking back people think it might have been the book of deuteronomy like the book of deuteronomy had been lost for a time and when i say time i mean like a generation or two and they find it and uh the king gets this book and he and he reads it he has it read to him and he tears his robes 
And then he says, go get the priest. We mm-hmm. need to know what this book says and we need to start doing it. Yeah. He had he had some divine knowledge inspired through the Holy Spirit because he realized even without fully understanding what he was reading, that what he was reading was important. Yeah. That's my out of context story. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I think that is a good story when we talk mm-hmm. about Holy Holy Spirit inspired knowledge. Um, and when we look at Holy Spirit inspired knowledge. Um, it's like those moments we get where we're like, I have to apply this verse. Yeah. I need to apply this verse in my life. And the Holy Spirit prods and pokes. And, and you ask, how do I apply it? And the Holy Spirit moves you in different ways to apply it. Whether that's maybe you give something. Maybe that's um, taming your tongue. Being slow to anger. Those, all those things that we work on daily in our Christian walk. A lot of times with knowledge kind of inspires motivation and action and those types of things as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on from there. Obviously, the next one is wisdom. And like we said, sometimes these go hand in hand. You know, we get a little piece of each and every one of these a lot of times uh, when we use these gifts. But what can you tell us about the gift of wisdom? So again, just right off the bat with wisdom, I would say it is very Holy Spirit driven. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is, is given by the Holy Spirit and it's exemplified through righteous living. It, when you are taking the knowledge that you have gained of the scripture through the Holy Spirit and practically and successfully applying it to your life, that is when it can start to be said that you have wisdom. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much... And maybe it is in some cases, always. There are always moments of a divine wisdom, of a divine knowledge, those sorts of things. But I would say mostly it is an acquired gift that you get through a life of righteous living. Mm -hmm. You get it through prayer. You get it through petition. And personally, I think you get it through suffering, too. Going back to James, in James chapter 1, verse 5, Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. And then going back when we were at the very first start of the episode, when we were talking about how hot it is, how we were suffering and gaining perseverance, that's also in James. Yeah. So this, there's this idea that wisdom comes through knowledge of the scripture, through prayer, prayer and petition to God the Father, but also through experience not good experience mm-hmm. you know you get some wisdom out of good experience but you you learn more and grow more when it rains than when the sun's out yeah when i looked at the gift of wisdom um and it kind of applies to the gift of knowledge too but i think it's even more seen with the gift of wisdom but you know it all begins with knowing who god is and who we are in, con- in comparison to him um i think that puts us in a good place for wisdom Um, for good biblical wisdom Um, and I think that you know that wisdom you know starts to lead to understanding like you said then we can put it into practice you know we practice righteousness and like you said a lot of times you're right Um, with the gift of wisdom sometimes it is more acquired Um, same thing with knowledge yeah Um, it is more acquired uh, you know you got to maybe go through a little bit of suffering, go through a little bit of rain to get that wisdom. You know, you start having these life problems. Then you're able to share wisdom with those who also have life problems. Um, and I think we see that a lot within the church um, when it comes to maybe somebody, a mentor of yours. A lot of times you'll have a mentor who 
not only is able to share with you for, you know, some other things, but also to give you wisdom that they've went through. Um, and this is why it is important for you to have a mentor, mm-hmm. to have someone discipling you forever until you move on discipling someone else. But you should always be seeking someone that can speak into your life, mm-hmm. a good biblical uh, friend. Yeah. I think that is important with wisdom. Um, but um, I'll read the verse that I kind of picked out here with Psalms 111.10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Wisdom will always lead to eternal praise. It's always going to lead to worship. And I think it's important to know, and you're going to see this phrase with the gift of knowledge as well. Um, the fear of the Lord. Having this biblical fear of, of God. And when you put that in perspective, that fear, that righteous fear, that this biblical reverence for God, um, I think inspires wisdom. Um, it, it gives a good <laughs> beginning piece to wisdom. Mm-hmm. So the verse that I picked out for wisdom was, it was Paul in Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, 6 through 8, he's, he's more talking about that concept that we've already been talking about, how wisdom and knowledge are very spirit-driven. Without the spirit, without a real faith, everything else is kind of meaningless, useless. So Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, he, he's talking about this concept that we touched on earlier, how wisdom is very spirit-driven. But how to the world, how to the world, the Christian life and in Christ, that looks like nonsense. Mm-hmm. But you just need that spirit, that biblical wisdom to understand it. And he says, he says, we, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So <laughs> that made me laugh. You know, if they had that true um, godly wisdom that we're talking about, they would have never crucified Jesus. Yeah, they would have known. They would have accepted who who Jesus was. Yeah. Um. They would have seen the Messiah uh, that's described in the Old Testament as the Messiah that was standing right there in front of them. Yeah. And I think that is. That goes very hand in hand, obviously, with with the gift of wisdom. And that big piece is that they didn't have, like we do, or like we have the ability to, the Holy Spirit interpreting for them. Yeah. All right. So I think we are going to move on to our last gift of this episode, which is the gift of discernment. Phil, go ahead and lead the way on what I think is going to be the most difficult gift to talk about today. Um, yeah, you know... It's not as difficult, I think, as a lot of times. A lot of people look at it and um, they don't want it. They don't want the responsibility of it. They, or maybe sometimes even a little afraid of it because the moments that we see it used in the Bible are sometimes very big moments. They would be scary to a person who didn't have the saving faith of Christ. They didn't have um, a good, solid faith. Um, and I think this is a, an aspect that you need with the gift of discernment. Um, but the, the gift of di- discernment is basically just distinguishing between spirits or distinguishing between good and evil. Um, you know, that person would kind of look like they would be, they would 
maybe it's not the pastor, but I would say this gift a lot of times the pastor does mm-hmm. have. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when we had uh, our very uh, own pastor uh, on here, he talked about a little bit about this gift um, and how it is beneficial when we're talking about spiritual warfare and some of those things. But, you know, they're going to be able to, let's say, come to the pastor and say, hey, I just think that this person or whatever we're going to do um, might not be necessarily good for the church. But it's good to know that the person with this gift will always come and do those things with a love, gentleness, and respectful way. Mm. They're not going to come in and try to take charge and say, well, this is what I know because this is the gift I have. Um, They're going to be able to move the church in whatever uh, the Holy Spirit has told them. Um, They're going to be able to do that. But, you know, this person's probably going to be a mature Christian. They're probably going to have had wisdom, knowledge, some of those things. Because I'll say it like this. You know, when we're trying to distinguish between spirits, whether that spirit has good intentions or or evil intentions, um, how would we do that? Would we just wait for the Holy Spirit to tell us? Or would we have a good understanding of the Bible and what the Bible says is a evil spirit or evil mm-hmm. intentions or what the Bible says is good intentions? I'll use another analogy that's used all the time. How does, you know, how does a person find counterfeit money? Well, they study the real thing. Yeah. They study the real dollar bill. They, they, they study every aspect of it. We should be doing the same thing with the word of God. Then it's easy for us, but the person with this gift sometimes will even, you know, have that heightened, too. You know, they're gonna have it heightened to a little bit higher of a ability. Maybe somebody who just has the gift of knowledge and wisdom as well. But like we said, sometimes they work together. But you know, they're gonna discern, they're gonna judge, they're gonna appraise a person, you know, they're gonna appraise a situation or the environment. Um, you know, they're gonna have the ability to distinguish between that. Um, and you see, you know, when we just look at 1 Corinthians twelve ten, and I'm not going to read it, but that's the where it talks about all these gifts. And that's what it talks about, that just distinguishing, discerning, those types of things. Um, and, you know, th- this is very important, I think, in the church, um, because I think there are a lot of churches that get kind of whipped over by someone just coming in and trying to just come in with their agenda, come in with their emotions, and just whip the church upside down. And with a lot of times we can even see a church split. Mm-hmm. We can see a church close its doors. And that's very sad. Um, doesn't matter. I, I, it doesn't even matter to me what denomination you are or whatever it is. That's a sad thing to see a church shut its doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times it is someone coming in. It's a situation that has happened. It's the environment around that has turned the, the church upside down. And Satan just kind of works in. And you need this person with this gift to help move the church away from whatever situation has come in, the evil that has come into their church. Um, you know, and we could talk, we could even dive deeper with this gift, but I'll say, I'll, I'll talk about uh, a moment in Acts chapter 16. A lot of people know this chapter um, because um, it is a miracle. We see a miracle happen, but I want to talk about before the miracle happens. Mm. Um, and there is a miracle in this, but people want more talk about the, the jail and the, all the thing busting open and, and you know the, the the jailer or the prison guard being saved. Um, but it says here in Acts chapter 16 verse 16 through 18, once when we were going to the place of prayer, 
We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around, said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. I bring up that moment more because Paul had to somehow know that what she was saying sounded good, but actually wasn't good. Mm, good. Um, because he wouldn't have casted this demon or the spirit out of this uh, woman if it wasn't bad. Because what she says is true. What she says is good. I mean, they're coming. Um, you know, she said, follow them around shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. That's what Paul and Silas were doing. Um, but, we weren't there for one. Mm. Was this woman just right behind them, screaming in their ears? <laughs> Not letting them sleep. Um, but even if she, even if she wasn't, Paul knew that there was something wrong about the situation, and he discerned it and he took care of it through the Holy Spirit. Because Paul could not have done what he did without the Holy Spirit. He couldn't have discerned that this spirit was. Uh, bad. He couldn't have discerned or had the ability to have a miracle happen through him, which was casting out, you know, the spirit from her. Um, so I think that is important to to know that sometimes it's even a situation that a normal person might not be able to to see because yeah. it might sound like the person is saying good things, but it it might not be good intentions, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's like what you were saying. The gift of discernment is, is very rooted in Scripture knowledge because if you're studying the Word, when someone starts saying something that doesn't align with the Word, mm -hmm. you're going to know it. But there are also moments of heightened discernment where you're just going to know whether you get the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> whether God... This gives you some indication that something's not right. Those moments do come. Yeah. And but they do come to be someone who, like you said, is mature, is grounded in prayer and scripture. They come to mature believers. Yeah. And I, and I don't believe a person that isn't rooted in those things could even handle a gift like this. Mm, they wouldn't um, want to. Yeah. Because it is. There's other things that we're not going to dive into when you know with the, when we when I researched this, I could have went into a lot of different areas. Um, just with this gift. I could have went to a lot of different areas with a lot of this stuff, but um, to just give you a basic understanding, that's what this gift is. But I'll read one more verse for you here before we move on. First uh, John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That still applies today. There are many false prophets, teachers, preachers out there. And... We must be able to discern what is truly from God's word or mm. truly spirit-filled, um, Holy Spirit-filled. Um, and that doesn't necessarily just apply to the spirit of discernment. This is also just for the average believer. The average believer needs to understand the word of God and know because they are accountable for their own belief. They're not accountable for some, what someone else says. That person has to 
to pay that consequence on their own. But you also have to pay a consequence if you aren't reading your word, aren't praying, um, and you just say, I just didn't have a good understanding. Mm -hmm. um, because you do have the ability to. Yeah. Through all these, all these gifts, you have the ability to have a good knowledge, a good wisdom, a good discernment, and a good teaching. Um, it might not be the gift that we're describing here, this heightened gift that the Holy Spirit gives. But like we've said, which, with every single one of these <laughs> gifts, you need to be practicing on a daily basis. Mm. So we'll go ahead and move on to our last question here. How do you think all these gifts fall into what we categorize them as the gifts of knowledge, Ben? Yeah, the, the gifts of knowledge, like what I think I said at the beginning are used to grow the kingdom mm -hmm. and something we've been do talking about a lot throughout this series on spiritual gifts is the way that the early church used them because looking at the way the early church used these gifts is a good indication of how we should be using them yeah. today so when you look at teaching when you look at uh discernment because i think within the gifts of knowledge teaching and dis discernment are on one side and then knowledge and wisdom are on the other so teaching and discernment are used to grow the kingdom they're used to grow the kingdom on teaching because you are passing down knowledge you're passing down knowledge and understanding of the gospels mm -hmm. and how christ is the messiah a lot of the work that the early church was doing was convincing the the jews at, of the time that jesus was the messiah mm -hmm. so they had to have a strong knowledge of of the Old Testament and how it related to everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus said. That way they could be like, this guy's the Messiah, don't miss it. When it comes to discernment, it's like what you were saying. They need to know whether someone who is coming into the fold is good or is bad. Because if they're bad, they could ruin, wreck the whole thing. The, yeah. the early church was so strong and powerful because they had the holy spirit but they were still so fragile because they were so small and mm -hmm. under such persecution in the roman empire yeah um and just to to feed off what you were saying there you know just how important it is for the body of believers you know to have if any one of these gifts is missing from within your church or someone's not practicing them um, your church will struggle hard. You know, you, you know, there's going to struggle with any of these gifts missing. But if you don't have good teaching, good knowledge, wisdom, and discernment in your church, you might struggle pretty fast. Mm. Um, you're going to have a very stagnant church. Um, if all you're able to do is teach one thing, if all you're able to do is have really one knowledge about one thing or one wisdom about one thing or be only be able to discern some things, um, this is why I think it is very important that these gifts of knowledge are trained up, if that makes sense. Um, you know, this is why we at this church do leadership trainings. We do some of these things. And don't get me wrong, do we fall short on some of this stuff? Of course, we do. Um, but, you know, we hopefully take it very highly that we need to be raising up teachers. We need to be raising up people with knowledge, raising up people that have wisdom, raising up people that can use the gift of discernment. Um, I think this is why, like we've talked about in other episodes, um, with the Great Commission, why, why would Jesus say make disciples? Because he understood that when he said that the gates of hell would not prevail against it, 
against the church, he had to also know that we needed good discipleship within it. We needed good people, people with the gifts of teaching, gifts of knowledge, gifts of wisdom, helping others who potentially could have this gift because the church needs to be sustaining. Mm. This is why I don't want to see churches close their stool, doors. We want to see churches stay open until Jesus comes back. Yeah. And if, and if your if your knowledge and your wisdom aren't based in the Holy Spirit, if they are not spirit-driven and spirit-inspired so that you have a true Christ-like understanding of the words of the Bible, you better watch out. You better be careful. You better find someone who can give you that that divine understanding because you'll fall into heresy quick and you'll pass that heresy on quick and it'll you'll just spiral out of control and you'll end up like one of those churches in revelation Mm -hmm. so it'll tell you just how precious um knowledge is with our weekly verse proverbs 2015 says gold there is and rubies in abundance but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel all right. Well, we don't want to leave you on a somber note. So we just want to tell you that we love you. And thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, uh, you can send us a message at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com with a comment or, or a request for an episode. Like the podcast if you have the ability to do that on whatever platform you're listening through. And thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith.